0: patreon exclusive show i'm Louie, and as always i'm joined by my bud dave hello everybody so dave yes my bud 2021 is about to come to a close and <sighs> we're gonna be looking at it in the uh rear view mirror how, yep. how has your year been sure. all together
1: great honestly better than great. 2020 how about you? right Uh yeah, I mean, 2020. I just I still did my thing. You know what I'm saying? Just was safe about things and used logic and common sense. Uh,
0: Same thing applied this year. Yes, yes, of course. That that's always a plus. That's a good thing as well. Mm -hmm. But overall, like you know, the year to me, besides you know being locked like not being locked up at home, that's definitely a a good thing because last year I think. We all of us spent a good chunk of the year just kind of in front of our yep. TVs or in like inside of like our rooms or living rooms or apartments or houses or wherever you live. So yeah. I, I will say this year was a lot more adventurous than last year. <laughs> I agree. You know, and 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 hopefully 2022 uh, things go uphill and not downhill. Even though as of recent. <laughs> things are a little rough in the uh, in the world
1: you just gotta have an open mind and you just gotta be able to adapt and use common sense
0: yeah yeah and what's what's kind of cool about this year is you know last year movie theaters were closed everything was put there was no shows no bands were playing there was no there was no wrestling events no concerts concerts right. no performances There was literally no live entertainment, and this year that all came back. Which, right? That's you know. Hopefully, it doesn't go away again. I'm hoping. We'll see for how long. But yeah, (laughs) I'll be honest. I'm I'm pretty positive. I think things will be all right. I I think everything. You know, we've got we've got you know vaccines and shit like that, and people Mm -hmm. for the most part using common sense and just kind of using that thing in their head called their brain to uh we'll figure see. shit out but we're not gonna dive too much into that no we're not
1: <laughs> that's it as a matter of fact we're, we're done with that so that's
0: it we'll cut we'll cut that off right there um i thought it would be fun to kind of talk about some of our favorite things of 2021 we've never done this before i'm oddly. all about like, this yeah we didn't do this last year we also didn't have patreon last year so right. I was like, this year it would probably be, this would probably be, I think, after doing this for about a year and a half or however long it's been at this point, um, I think it'd be a little, you know, it'd be more, it would make more sense for us to kind of break down some of our favorite things of 2021. Now, sure. the way we're going to do this is favorite albums, we've got favorite films, and yep. favorite series or tv series because now it's streaming i feel like you know where do you or even like events like mini mini is it mini series when there's like one season of something because one of my picks later on is that i think i mean
1: i guess it all depends on if it's gonna continue or not right
0: yeah well i think one of my picks that we'll get into later is not going to continue. So I guess it's kind of like a mini series okay. or, or something. I guess that's what you would that, call it. I mean, it.
1: that I would say is fair, is a fair uh, assessment
0: to call it. Yeah, so, sure. So what we're going to do is we're each going to pick two of those topics. Again, albums, films, TV series. Um, Dave, I, I we never have any sort of formal way of starting, but in this Patreon this month, we're going to start with your pick first. So let's go into okay. let's go into your first favorite album of 2021.
1: So how about I just do my how about I just tell you my two favorite albums and then you tell me your two favorite albums. How's that sound? Sounds
0: like a plan. Go for it.
1: this is probably my go-to album of the year and it is turnstiles glow on (laughs) and like i just said most listened to album of the year anytime i listen to an album more than twice in this case i've listened to it at least five times that's a lot it's a melting pot of hardcore rock and pop with a bad brains blueprint Hooks for days and features from Blood Orange, a.k.a. Devante Hines, or Dev Hines, whatever you want to call him. This record rules. And from what I saw, it was on many year-end lists. You know, I've read on a few websites and, like, some blogs that, like, a lot of people, like, that are, like, really into hardcore and punk were like, pretty much dismissing the Like, they were dismissing it yeah. or embracing it. And honestly, like... It's a big step forward in an evolution of a sound, especially in, you know, this band is rooted in the hardcore scene. If you listen to their earlier material, mm-hmm. it is straight up hardcore. But yeah. if you like listen to the to the to the progression of all their their 7-inches, their albums, they they've been building <sighs> towards this. Yes. So, you know, I'm very excited to hear what they mold next. I I, I there were so many times I'd be driving and there was like one hook that I'd be. I was like, I gotta listen to that. And then I would just put the whole album on.
0: Yeah. And
1: that's how I listen to music anyway. I I don't listen to one song here and there. I listen to a whole album because I feel that's the way to digest an album. Like <laughs> you're making an album for a reason, so I want to hear it straight through. So that that's I my top album, one hundred percent. You know, there was a lot of music that came out. A very overwhelming amount of music that came out this year, which, like, to the point that it gave me anxiety. But this was <laughs> definitely one of the best albums, in my opinion, that has come out. So that's now, now my now first be- pick.
0: Before you get into okay. your second pick, this was my third favorite album of the year. Okay, so it's kind of like an honorable mention for me. So I'll just, while you're talking about it, I just want to mention that. And I'll agree with you. I, I, again, I don't really, just about me personally, I don't really like, like, read music reviews. And just by listening to it, and just knowing, like, people that are really into hardcore, I'm like, people that want to listen, like, people listen to, like, strictly hardcore music are gonna fucking hate this album or think it's lame because of how different it sounds when comparing it like you said to their older shit but i think that's what's fucking cool about it is how these bands throughout their careers kind of change because a lot of bands don't especially fucking hardcore bands don't do that shit you know depending on the type of hardcore especially shit with like that's just like like breakdowns and stuff like that which is you know not to show up like a band like knock loose i don't think they're doing anything new in that genre yeah. of music and I think Turnstile is, even though they're 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 different, they're different types of hardcore. Even even old Turnstile, would you agree? Comparing it to like oh, a band sure. a, new, a new band like Knock Loose. So, to me, that's what I kind of like about. Turnstile, and this new album. Another band that just released a single literally last week is Higher Power. I know you're familiar I with them. I haven't listened
1: to it, yeah. I like them a lot. I just haven't... I haven't saved. I haven't listened to it.
0: That's another band that their roots are in hardcore. They just... Their their last album came out in 2020, and funny enough, that was my favorite album of 2020. And um, they just released a new single, End of the Year. Dude, same thing. You can hear the band just how they're evolving into a weird amalgamation of like hardcore hardcore like like alternative it's like weird And, and but it's great like it's a good song and i agree with this album deserves to be on especially if you listen to this type of music or you're involved in that type of music or whatever or you know you just enjoy it like it should be on everyone's top 10 or top five it's in my top five and i'm happy to see it's your favorite album it. of 2021. Yeah. So I totally I agree. It. Yeah, I totally agree. But it's a fucking the, phenomenal one.
1: It was very hard to get a hold of the record. Our boy, yeah. Tommy Valley, came in clutch for me. He went to the show, <laughs> picked it up for me, stood online twice for it. Because Damn. I said, if they have a tape, get me the tape. And he waited online and he's yeah. like, they don't have a tape. I was like, okay, buy me the record. And listen, I have a huge record collection. I have a huge tape collection, yeah, but I like to flip-flop between. Yeah. and I ended up getting the record. Very happy I have the record. Um, I, for, the, you know, 95% of the music I listen to, I own a physical copy of it. No CDs. It's either vinyl or tape. Um, yeah. That's just how I roll with things. But now another album that really, 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 really stuck out to me was... So this is not streaming. Turnstile, yes. 100%. You can find that anywhere. This yeah. record right here, Poison Ruin, self-titled. Um It is not streaming. It's on Bandcamp. You can pick up. I know they've done a few represses of this record already. I own it. It's one of my favorite records of the year. And picture this. This record combines both their cassette releases. This band's from Philly. They blend post-punk, punk, punk, and dungeon synth into a very interesting mix. Dungeon synth. I said dungeon synth. (laughs) I remember listening to this once on my way to Sheila's. And it was fucking pouring out. I just kept thinking to myself, this is the kind of music a futuristic night with a battle vest and single frame glasses like Lamar Burton <laughs> wears in Star Trek yeah. would listen to. This record is way worth your time. I don't know if you heard this or not. It's one of my favorite albums. Like I said, I know I keep saying it. I don't know how to explain this record to anybody. I highly recommend Go on Bandcamp, look up Poison Ruin, and listen to it. Like, the, the dungeon synth or whatever, just the synth mel- uh, interludes that are in it, like, that run through the record are so good and, like, literally take you to, like,
0: a fucking castle. Just, like, on top of a fucking rock ridge. It's so good. Yeah, dude. I, I remember you sending it to me. I think you sent me a link to it, like through Bandcamp or a picture of it or something. I have to give it a listen. I haven't listened to it at all, but from your description, I'm intrigued. So I'm gonna have to uh, this week give it a give it a listen and check it out. I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure it's... I like it. We we tend when it comes to that genre of music, we tend to like similar shit. So I can't see me it's... not enjoying it. <laughs> to to like
1: even further like kind of simplify the description of it just picture mm-hmm. like a more punk version of joy division but in the world of like this medieval times and yeah and yeah, yeah. like just this i don't know i don't know how to, it's it, that's the best way i could describe it <laughs> way worth everyone's time so th- th- those are my picks for top albums of 2021 if you will my bud lou please i would like to hear yours <laughs>
0: So, my first pick and this is probably okay the way I'm going about this I literally went that like what is it uh, Spotify Wrapped because I tend okay. to take public transportation to work and things like that and just when I'm in my car I play a lot of music so I just put like albums and songs and artists you know how it tells you I think the artist of the year or some mm-hmm. shit or the artists who you listen to the most that year sure. albums and songs and shit so I kind of went by that because I was like Thinking about it, you know, again, a lot of music this year. I couldn't quite pinpoint. I was like, what album did I listen to a lot and really enjoy? And that's kind of how, how I figured it out. So my first album, and this is probably the album I listened to the most this year, is by Youth Code. Now, this is a collaboration album. There's two artists that produce this together. But again, I'm a fan of Youth Code, which is an industrial... I guess industrial is what you would call them, like an industrial, not really metal because there's no guitars in their music. It's all electronic uh, type of group. I can compare them to something maybe like Ministry, but more modernized with like almost like if sure. hardcore was turned into yeah. industrial, like of a hardcore band, like a beatdown band was turned into like industrial music or trying to mimic that type of music with all all electronic, um, like all like all electronics basically produced and. Again, this is a collaboration with this artist called King Yosef. Have you heard of that, dude?
1: I've heard of the name. So I didn't know that they had this project out. I saved it. I haven't listened to it. I'm not like a huge Youth Code fan. I do like them, though, and I respect what they do. What I wanted to add was if you were to take Boy Harsher and make them a hardcore version of what they are now, (laughs) that's that's what I feel i feel this band would be your group or whatever you want
0: to call them totally because like it's it's a couple they're actually a couple and boyhersh is okay couple I, didn't, too. I didn't know that yeah. <laughs> yeah i i believe both groups are made up of couples and both have a dude that produces the music and then the the woman she's the vocals they have a female vocalist right. and they're like you know again both couples but the only difference is, like, the girl in Boy Herschel is super soft and the girl in Youth Code is, like, super harsh. You know, she almost yeah. sounds like she smokes a pack of cigarettes a day, the, yeah. the girl, the, the, the chick from uh, Youth Code. But, yeah, the name the name of the album is A Skeleton Key in the Doors of Depression, which is a fucking gr- great album album title. Mm-hmm. It's, fucking, it's fucking so, like, it's those words combined a skeleton key in the doors of depression is just it sounds like a movie almost like it's like I'd watch it a does. movie called that as well but yeah the the other guy that's involved with this this like you know collaborative album is king joseph now i'm not too into his music it's kind of like industrial trap music is kind of what i got from it it's like if trap music was mixed I'd with fuck like with that. yeah but more in that like ghost main Type of way, okay. which it's like hit and miss for me. Some of it I like, but a lot of it I don't. It's kind of cheesy. Uh okay. this 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 King Yosef guy is like a less corny version of Ghostmane. Sorry if any of our listeners are, are Ghost Main fans, but like King Yosef's like a less corny version of Ghost Mane. And and that's kind of my best way of describing. Him. Nonetheless, the album itself um again it it, it just kind of reminds me. Of old school like skinny puppy but mixed with like ministry and then also some of the stuff is slower and then like I'm a fan of Godflesh so I think this King Yosef because he's a vocalist so it's all him singing. I'm assuming he just sings because all the music is made up from – I think all the music is produced by Youth Code but it's kind of like (laughs) – it's like a more underground version of Nine Inch Nails, but like early Nine Inch Nails. That's that's what I could compare it to when the two the two acts are okay. combined. And yeah, all I, think I can you're picture this correctly, yeah, all I can picture is like dudes covered in like grease and shit, mm-hmm. but like at like a Cro-Mag show. That's kind of what sure. like everything combined kind of sounds like. And I just I just love them. Again, if you listen to Youth Code, they're old shit. And I love Youth Code and I love this type of music, not all of it. Um and I definitely think as of today like Youth Code's probably the best group making any form of industrial music personally.
1: I want to throw one one band out there and they're a little more they're a little more mixed in with the traditional punk hardcore sound. Is a band called Uniform, and Uniform blends that yeah. industrial sound with hardcore and punk aesthetics. So yes. they're another band that I I, I I love Uniform. Their album that came out last year was one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, so yeah, just I love Uniform. Out there, yeah, check out Uniform if anybody hasn't heard them.
0: Um, the only other thing I could think of that's more that's that's a more recent band that's kind of like Youth Code. This is Group Autumns. I don't know if it's I think it's one guy that I produces never, all the music never heard of and his stuff too is it's a little more minimal minimalistic. Um, okay. And there's not a lot of vocals really in it, but it's kind of got like this heavy kind of atmosphere, which Youth Code is super heavy. I've actually never seen Youth Code live, and I want to. Um, but yeah, a Skeleton Key and The Doors of Depression, such it's just a great great industrial project album with these two groups combined again i'm not a big king yosef fan but even i after listening to this album was a little curious and i went and and checked out some of his stuff Mm -hmm. and i was like all right he's just kind of like you know screaming with like a really distorted like industrial beat behind him where it almost almost takes over like the production on his stuff almost takes over the vocals where you can't really hear him i think right with Youth Code, it's a little more structured and organized, especially right. with this album. Like it was probably a good idea for King Yosef to team up with Youth Code and make this album because it just meshes so well with their production, specifically on this album, and specifically with with industrial, like heavy hardcore industrial, sure. and not hardcore as in like you know hardcore as in the hardcore type of music in the industrial sense. Sure. Uh, Real quick, I have my two favorite tracks in this album, Looking Down and The World Stage. Those two tracks, fire. The whole album is amazing, but those are my two. Yeah, those are my two favorite tracks on A Skeleton Key and The Doors of Depression. Now, my second favorite album, I've actually kind of talked about in our bonus Halloween picks uh, for our Halloween mixtape. And that's the Perturbator album, Lustful Sacraments. I talked about that because I picked a song from that album very good. To, to, to go on our mixtape. Now, again, I, I've said this on the podcast. I think I've said it on the normal podcast. I've said it on on, on Patreon episodes. Synthwave, to me, is so fucking oversaturated and terrible at this point. It's like the new yep. new metal of electronic music where there's like, a hundred dudes and, and girls Doing that type of music And there's a very small group of people That will transcend Synthwave yeah. Or dark wave. It all and sounds I think, the same Yeah, I think Perturbator Is one of those dudes Similar to Youth Code His stuff Is very much It it, it falls into the more darker Industrial ter- territory And and this album, Lustful Sacraments. Honestly, if you listen to Youth Codes, like the uh, the skeleton, a skeleton key, and the door of depression, and then you listen listen to Lustful Sacraments, you could kind of see a theme. And like, all right, I see why Louis loves both of these albums because once again, mm-hmm. this album falls more into like an, a dark industrial kind of post punk realm, which his older stuff didn't really fall into. His old stuff Not was more all. like it was more like horror movie, John Carpenter. Like EDM music, electronic, right. like you know, music that you could kind of dance to, but in more in line with like what John Carpenter's doing, but heavier. And with this, you you can see that he implemented guitar into a lot of the songs, which kind of gives it again that post punk feel. You kind of hear melodic, like rhythm guitar. And he's not using he's, the guitars aren't like crunchy and like distorted. It's more so like just melodic. And when it's you really subtle. listen... Yeah, it's really subtle. It's really... You can hear it, like, layered throughout the music. And I love that, that they added that... Like, he added that element into his production of this new album. And, and I've seen Perturbator live twice. I saw him when he was alone. And now he has, like, a drummer. <laughs> so okay. it makes the music even more, I guess, just heavy, which I That's love. That's awesome. And, and, yeah, and you hear that. I like the album. Yeah, I, you hear that in this album. And I just think the dude's gonna continue, kind of transcending synthwave. I don't even think he. I bet you if you asked the dude, are you a synthwave artist? He's probably like, ah, like probably doesn't want to be associated with that shit too much, and more in line with like black metal, and like industrial, and post-punk because that's what the music is it's almost becoming its own little dra- genre of music with what he's kind of doing and you've listened to the album right so you kind of know what it. i'm yeah you know what i'm talking about there's there's specifically and this is again i i have two of my favorite tracks on this album um there's this one track and this is probably my favorite track on the album it's it's titled uh messalina messalina and there's this like almost like the chorus of the song because there are no lyrics but like there's this section that plays throughout the song where you hear that guitar and it's really catchy. The little beat he kind of structures into the music. And I love that. And once again, the song has a, a very like dark wave tone to it. Then the second track I loved on this album is secret devotion, which features true body, you know, true body. I love that band. Yeah. So, and they're a kind they're like a post-punk band, like a, uh, right. You would yeah, say, they're I, they're, they're
1: very very uh interesting. Yeah. I don't even know how to describe <laughs> yeah, it. It's take, hard. like if you were to take like post-punk but take the stylings of like a hardcore band but not yeah. so much like the like a heavy version of hardcore. I don't know how yes. to describe it. But it's like a hardcore post-punk band. They're so good, true body. I listened to their last they're record great. recently. Yeah, and that's an album I own on two fucking uh, mediums. I have it on vinyl, and I have it on tape. So it's well, great. I ordered the tape, the tape hasn't going to arrive till next year. But still, very good. True Body is very worth your time.
0: And, and it's funny how you can't really describe true True Body's music because I feel like Perturbator is falling into that category, yeah. and funny well, enough, they,
1: he's gonna they go have into a that song realm. together. He's gonna, right, exactly. His music yeah, is going to sure. go more and more into that realm.
0: Which, to me, it's so cool when there's a, a group or a genre of music or an artist that kind of will Definitely. take elements from, especially with like people like us that like a lot of different types of music, whether it's hip-hop, you add elements of hip-hop, elements of hardcore, Elements of black metal, elements of new metal—as weird as that sounds with some of these groups—I feel which is becoming a thing with bands now, which is so odd to me. Um, Punk, you know everything basically, and and I just love how they infuse that all together. And I really think like all the music, like all four of these albums kind of described like it's hard to describe them like like i'm saying it's gonna like our terrible descriptions of what kind of the bands are they're, they're kind of transcending the genres they were originally in and that's why it's kind of so hard to really pinpoint what kind of music they are and i love that
1: right and now if, if i can close out the music section of this discussion i think i could say this check these albums out they are worth your time listen to them and just see what you think. Like, you know, you, you you might find something you like about it. Maybe you won't. But check them out. There's so much music out there. Like, literally, there's a never-ending fucking supply of music that comes out daily. So, these are worth your time, in our opinion. I am the writing on the walls. I am the sweet smell of blood on the street. The buzz that echoes in the alleyways.
0: They will say I shed innocent blood. You are far from innocent, but they'll say you were. That's all that matters. All right, Dave. So let's jump into our favorite films of 2021. So I'll start. I'll start this one. Yes, there you go. So so I I picked two different types. This was kind of hard for me, too. So I kind of went with one mainstream one that was in theaters, and then I went with one that's a little more of a deep cut and te- technically not a narrative piece. So my first favorite film of twenty twenty one is Candyman. Now everything is subjective. Movies are subjective. This is one of those movies where it was a bit divide, like divisive between fans. Some people liked it, some people didn't like it, but that's every fucking movie at the end of the day, that's every piece of music, that's everything. Everything is subjective, any form of art is subjective, but I thought Candyman, with all the shit that was happening, because... I don't know if you'd consider this cheating, but Candyman was supposed to come out in 2020, but was delayed to 2021 because of the pandemic. So technically, this was a 2021 release. A lot of things were. But I was really looking forward to it since 2020 because the original Candyman is one of my favorite films, probably top 10 favorite horror films of all time for me. And I was really curious how they would make a sequel that retcons all the other shitty Candyman sequels in between the original and this new one because honestly the the Candyman sequels in between were kind of trash. Like the second one was okay and the third one was like a shitty made-for-TV sci-fi movie and it was terrible. So I was just again looking forward to see what they were coming up with. Jordan Peele was associated with it. You know, not that I'm a huge Jordan Peele fan. I do like his movies and stuff. But, like, I was curious, like, what, where did they take this story? And I'm not going to go into too many spoilers because you haven't seen the film. I've never seen it. I (laughs) I wanted to, but I was like, I'm not going to because you haven't seen the movie. Um, But I'm a sucker for any type of movie that is about a single character dealing with a shitty situation that they can't control. Especially in horror films. And the original Candyman, which you have seen, um, is that type of movie. You have this girl who's trying to create, write a book or a thesis or whatever for school or to be successful. And she ends up getting in over her head with this legend of Candyman. She goes to the projects and then she starts learning about the legend. Then she learns Cabrini the legend Green. is real. Cabrini Green, yes. And you learn about just it's just kind of her downward spiral. Dealing with something that no one believes her. And I love that. Um, I love when a movie does that. And you're kind of... You're seeing the movie from this one character's perspective. And no one in her life believes her. And I thought Candyman 2021... Was able to... Have a similar type of feel and situation plot-wise with their lead... um, Throughout the film and we're able to take that type of narrative or story structure and connect it to the original film in a in a pretty smart way and I and I dug that now now I will admit it's not a perfect film but no movie is no film is perfect <laughs> I don't I don't think that I think all films have issues you know maybe people might think and I'm a, and I'm a film guy I'm a filmmaker and and I'll even admit that not all hold movies on. are perfect yes
1: hold on I'm going to tell you a per, uh, perfect film Tell me. Paris, Texas.
0: Okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> but, but like I said, I, I don't think I don't think all films are perfect. If you really sit down and you go through, with and go if you go through it with a fine tooth comb, there's shit in there that's messed up, continuity error. There's problems. Everything. The Godfather is considered one of the greatest films of all time and has, like, production flubs and continuity and weird shit inside of it. So it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. (laughs) It's a harsh crowd. No, dude, I love movies. And I think sometimes, and that's kind of the issue with people today, people are very hard on shit. And social media has created this, like, kind of stool you can sit on and kind of yell at people, your opinion. But again, kind of jumping off of that fucking segue that I was on, but I'm trying to segue back to the movie. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was a well made movie, man. I thought the director, Nia DaCosta, she did a great job. I'm really curious where she goes. Unfortunately, her next movie is a fucking Marvel movie, which kind of sucks because I think all those movies are kind of generic. They're fun roller coaster movies. They're, they're fun. We've talked about them uh, previously, mm-hmm. I think, briefly on the show. But, you know. I enjoy Marvel movies. They're fun to watch, but they're not movies I revisit more than once, maybe twice if they're on TV and I'm bored cleaning my apartment or something. Uh, But like this new Candyman, dude, I've put it on like two or three times this year since it was released. And it just came out in August. So it wasn't that long ago, a few months ago. And I've put it on like two or three times. I really I dug it, man. I dug the aesthetic of the film, the look of the film, the acting, that actor. I forget his last name, but Yaya. He's a great actor um i thought he was a great lead in the movie um and i just thought it was a great great flick and i just dug it man it had some some you know social commentary on it which i know some people don't like when movies have that or music has that i didn't think it was too heavy-handed so yeah candy man 2021 probably my favorite film it's the one movie that i, I it kept me thinking afterwards with some of the messages and kind of just the plot. And I was almost like, damn, where would the movie go from here? Just right. me. I want just to see my it. I can't wait to see it. I'm sure there's someone out there that's like, the Candyman 2021 film sucked. I know people that I'm friends with that said that. <laughs> so I, I disagree. And, I, and, and if someone wants to fight me on it, I'll defend the movie till the end. Yo, Louis is <laughs> going to fight you. <laughs> so, so my second favorite film of 2021 is a documentary by the name of Kid 90. And this was a Hulu exclusive. And this came, out, this came out early in the year. It was, uh, yep. I believe, March 12th. It was when it was released. Um, and to sum up this film, it was directed by, and I always butcher her name, and you'll probably correct me. Do you want me to s- say it? Say it. Soleil Moon Frye. AKA Punky Brewster. <laughs> she directed this film and the film is made up of all of her home video cassettes. She's had since she was like a teenager, I believe. Cause it was the late eighties, early nineties when she started to film herself and her friends. Not it when she was Punky. Really Brewster. crazy. It all is bananas. She has. Yeah. And, and the thing that's, the, the, the message the documentary is trying to kind of get, just kind of tell you and kind of just give give the audience is how kind of rough it was for these child actors and seeing what their life was like during the you know, early 90s, especially her. She was known as Punky Brewster and her career kind of fizzled out as she got older. And you didn't really hear yep. about her. Like, she was in Pumpkinhead yep. 2 and a bunch of other shit, yep. but she was already, I had like... I no
1: idea. I
0: remember watching it. I watched Pumpkinhead 2. I was like, wow, that, that's her. I was like, that's, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. And, like, you did, I, I, I remember hearing, like, oh, Punky Brewster's in there, but I, like, it's not something you think about. But, like, you learn about, you know, how tough it was on some of these child actors and, and it's kind of crazy because you see the people she hung out with, and I have a little list here, a very small list, and it's kind of amazing. So, like, you see Leonardo DiCaprio, David Arquette, Michael Rappaport, Sarah Gilbert. You see these actors. You, you see, what's his name? Zach Morris. I forget his real name from uh, uh, <laughs> Saved by the Bell. Mark Babel. Paul something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see these uh, actors, and it's kind of crazy, but the saddest part to me is, is seeing the ones that had drug addictions and killed mm-hmm. themselves, like you have Justin Pierce, Harold Hunter, Jonathan Brandis, and it's kind of crazy that she hung out with Justin Pierce and Harold Hunter because those were like that New York guys. Most, yeah. That was
1: the most shocking. Not when I say shocking, not in a bad way. Just like whoa, had no idea yeah. that she ran with the kids crowd. Yeah, like when yeah. she wo- when she went to New York and went to college or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, holy shit, because then. I'm watching that cuz Harmony Korine's one of my favorite people in the yeah, world. He's great. So I watched you know just to see that she was there. You know what I yeah. mean? Like just in that moment, I was like, "Whoa." So that's it's definitely a I, anybody should watch that. And it's a yes. very interesting look into that era, people that were younger acting and even the dude from Say by the Bell said he will never let his children get into the acting business.
0: Yeah, it's fucking brutal dude it's just the reality of being a child actor and kind of dealing with the ups and downs of your career it's just wild and and yeah i was surprised too that she hung out with like justin pierce and harold hunter those guys were like skateboarding they were part of that whole like street culture skateboarding scene too in new york so that was kind of cool to see that and then jonathan Brandis from like never ending story 2 and ladybugs and shit like that like It's just depressing to know. Martha? What about Martha? (laughs) It's sad to see that these three
1: dudes, like,
0: like shortly after, didn't make it past a certain age. It's super sad. It's fucking sad. It's very sad. But but the documentary itself is so interesting. Like, well made. She narrates. They interview her and they interview some people. And they kind of just shine a light on what you're watching. And I love yeah. that. She goes into like her breast reduction. It's kind of crazy. I didn't know that about her. Like she like apparently was like very busty because she
1: developed she developed yeah. at a very young age and she said that was part of the reason why yeah. it
0: it it detracted from her career. Yeah, it's wild shit. And like she she filmed like after she got out of like the breast reduction surgery before. It's fucking crazy. Super well made. I feel like not enough people are talking about this documentary, like any like film list. I don't really hear I haven't heard anybody talk You're about it You're the only other person and we're friends that have talked yep. about this movie in our circle and I and I tell people all the time that they should definitely watch it. Like it's and then Absolutely. being into like VHS and shot on video stuff, that aesthetic we both do enjoy it and like it. It's just kind of just cool how the package is put together as a film and it's definitely definitely up there as one of my favorite films of 2021.
1: I want to add two things about Kid 90. So I think I said Soleil. I think it's Soleil Moon Okay. Fries. So I'm just <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm I'm just correcting. And <laughs> yeah. the other thing I wanted to say was one thing that I got this is just me, my intuition speaking, while yeah. watching that movie was or or documentary was that she felt more... So, like, you know how, like, there's kind of this disconnect between regular people and actors, like, celebrities? Yes. She didn't... She never, to me, came off like a celebrity. She came no. off like just a normal, regular person. Mm-hmm. Like, you I got agree. to see her. You got to see her, like, video diaries. You got to see her being very vulnerable in all these different situations. And... That was, I think, one of the most compelling parts of this documentary was you're actually seeing an actress be a regular person, which I think is the 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 most, I don't, want, I don't even know how to say it, the most <laughs> compelling. I said, it's like the best part of the documentary, in my opinion.
0: I totally agree. Because she really, yeah. if you think about it, she's just known as Punky Brewster. That was kind right. of her her claim to fame and she kind of just fizzled fizzled out after that as an actor went to college and you see you see kind of her life after that when she's just a civilian she's not this famous person right. because at that point right. she was like 20 19, 20. and honestly if you walk that her down the street you wouldn't know it's punky brewster because she was an adult and punky brewster was like Eight years prior to that, yeah. so it's it's wild. It's it's wild. And again, if you've not seen this documentary, I, I can't recommend it enough. Hey, Alex. Yeah.
1: What do you call a pile of kittens?
0: What? A meowton. Come on, meowton. Yeah. That
1: is terrible. What new jokes.
0: New jokes? You guys tell me a joke.
1: The dog's always in a push-up position. Mitch Hedberg, search him up.
0: Mitch Hedberg, who's that?
1: Comedian that's actually good. So, my two picks, There's, I, I, I'll, I'll be very honest. I try to watch movies, I kind of slack sometimes, but this year, I've watched a lot. It definitely <laughs> like doubled from what I usually watch. So, yeah. two movies that stuck out to me this year. First one is a movie called The Killing of Two Lovers, and it was directed by Robert machian or machoian i hope i'm pronouncing that right <laughs> um basically uh, a husband and wife mutually split temporarily and agree to see other people as the husband copes with how much he loves his wife and wants to make things work it's a very simplified uh breakdown of that movie mm-hmm. it's a very deep and psychological drama set to a cold and icy backdrop of utah it's shot in a 4.3 aspect ratio. It's got a very sparse score. And this beautiful and desolate c- cinematography is just... It's its really good. Um, very believable uh, depictions of many emotions,
0: I gotta say. Uh, have you heard of this movie? Do you know anything about yeah. it? I have it on my watch list. I watched the trailer, so I'll probably get around to it soon. I do want to watch it, so... It's really good. It's That's what I hear. Again, it's... <laughs> It's one of
1: those movies where it, it's like you're saying with kid 90, you haven't heard anybody talk about it. I haven't heard yeah. anybody talk about this. Once again, I think it's got the Candyman thing going where it was supposed to come out in 2020, but it didn't mm-hmm. because of obviously a pandemic yeah. and it came out this year. and I kept seeing, I think what how I found out about it was I saw ads for it on Instagram. okay And then I was like, this looks like you know this looks like something I would watch yeah and it was great it, 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 honestly it was really great I can't I can't stress enough how good the like the minimal score and the cinema the cinematography are because it's just another character two characters that are in the movie that are just do you know what I'm saying that yeah, are I get Two it. characters you know what I mean they're not actual characters but they might as well be
0: yeah I've gotta check it out again I, i've I've watched the trailer I have it on my watch list to check out. I'll probably give it a watch soon. So I am curious. It's, it looked, it it's looks well it. shot and it looks yeah, it looks like something I'd enjoy. I'm a big fan of movies about relationships. So it seems right oh, up yeah. my alley. I should have seen it sooner. So <laughs> I kind of slapped yes. at that one. <laughs> Definitely
1: give it a watch. And as far as movies go, my second pick. And now this is an interesting, as far as my personal tastes go, this is an interesting conundrum for me with this movie. So, the second movie is We're All Going to the World's Fair. So, I found out about this movie from our friend Mike Asip. And he had purchased this... I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. He had purchased (laughs) this movie uh, movie festival thing. And this was one of the movies that was screening. And he had a couple hours left on the screening. And he goes, do you want to watch this movie? So, I (laughs) I was like, sure. So, he gave me his log and I watched the movie. So... This is directed by Jane, it's another name I hope I don't butcher, Jane (laughs) Schoenbrunn. And it's an interesting take on a coming-of-age film paired with Reddit creepypasta lore. Now, I'm taking this directly from my Letterbox review, so here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Directed by Jane Schoenbrunn, an interesting take on coming-of-age film paired with Reddit creepypasta lore. On paper, this is a movie that is right up my alley. Although the ending was strong and hit and stride what it was trying to convey, the events leading up to the finale just weren't strong enough for me to really like it. I gave this three stars for the score, soundtrack by Alex G, and the foundation this movie had in place. Now, this is why I did this. <laughs> so I made a second review. Okay. I updated my review. <laughs> And here it goes. This doesn't happen often, but when I sit with something for a bit and I can either feel the same about what I watch, listen to, etc., I can feel better about it, or I can dislike it even more. In this case, I like the film even more. I think my biggest gripe with the film is I wanted the main character to be more fleshed out. She was pretty empty. I'm actually not sure what the pronouns were for the actress or actor that used this, but... Okay. So now... As I say this and I think about it, I'm almost sure the the character is supposed to be very empty. And mm. watching this movie, it really did creep up on me and I kept thinking about it. I kept thinking about it and I was like, "Okay, this movie's really fucking good." <laughs> and again, th- this is not it's not on anything right now. The only okay. way you could have saw this is through this film festival circuit that was it you were able to purchase a ticket online and watch. Okay. I think you might like it. I can see you either liking it or not liking it. Okay. It's really, it's got this, I don't know, it's got like this Midwestern feel to it. It's definitely like this, again, it's this very interesting take on coming of age. And I love coming of age films. Yeah, yeah. So once this movie gets an actual release, I really recommend seeking it out
0: because it's very good. I'm sure if it's in festivals now, it'll probably get a release for next year more than likely. But you saw it yep. this year, so it does count as a film that was released yep. this year with that screening. So I'll definitely check it out. I'm sure I'll I'll see a trailer for it soon enough and probably, uh, you know, if it if it goes up on streaming or, you know, you can rent it or something like that. I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Sounds interesting. I'm picturing a very pretty movie like. Just kind of great cinematography from your description. It's, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's
1: it's it's definitely got good cinematography. Like I said, the score by yeah. Alex G is really good. It, it's the ending is like okay, like fuck, <laughs> like that's that's what well, really don't, made me like don't spoil movie. it now. <laughs> yeah, so
0: before we jump into uh, the next and final topic uh, of our favorite things of 2021, I have two quick honorable mentions. I won't go too into them. Uh, the first one is Ghostbusters Afterlife, which I don't think you've seen yet. Nope. Um, I won't say it's like a mind-blowing film, but it was a very heartwarming Ghostbusters movie and technically part three of the franchise. And I couldn't not, like, I, I, there's no way I wasn't going to appreciate its existence. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, it was a very, very heartfelt You know, kind of touching, you know, nostalgic movie to see in the movie theater. And I and I did enjoy it. And it's probably is it is on my list. I think if I go on my letterbox myself, it's one of the films that was the kind of mainstream that came out this year that I really, really enjoyed and, and really... There was no way I was going to fucking hate it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a... I love the Ghostbusters. um And my second honorable mention is Willy's Wonderland, which I thought was fucking amazing with Nick Cage. I want to see that. <laughs> I want to <laughs> see, see that more than r- Ghostbusters. Dude, Willy's Wonderland, it's I think it's on Hulu. Fucking watch it. All you need to know okay. is it's Nick Cage fighting what? animatronic Chuck E. Cheese monsters it was a lot of amazing. fun. It's it's definitely on my list of best films of 2021. It's it's shot great. Has a great score. Nick Cage is fucking insane in it. It's fucking amazing. There's weird shit in it. I fuck, There's like weird shit in it. And I loved, I just loved the movie. I've watched it like twice this year. It's fucking great. Uh, I just see. wanted to mention two, two quick honorable mentions there because those came to mind. And I did enjoy sure. both of those films. I have more on my list, uh, but I won't get into that because we could be here all night. Uh, So, Dave, let's jump into our favorite TV series. Having a good leader is very important. The person is at the front and keeps an eye on how the other team is performing. And the rest of the team focuses on
1: the back of their leader's head and follows their lead for the first 10 seconds. So, I think this one doesn't even need any kind of explanation. Squid Game. (laughs) <laughs> Direct, directed by Huang Hayek I hope I'm pronouncing that pr- correctly. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I mean, it was a cultural phenomenon, as as we all know. Everybody yes. was watching it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everybody man. was talking about it. You know, the way I found out about it was through a coworker, uh, a mm. kid filling in on my uh, sanitation truck. He goes, "Have you watched Squid Game?" And I'm like, "What is that?" <laughs> He's like, oh, and I thought this was a real show at first. He goes, yeah, these people play, like, childhood games, and if they lose, they die. And I'm like, this is a real show? He goes, no, 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 it's on Netflix. I'm like, oh. I was like, what? So I watched it, and then I showed Sheila, and then we just started watching it together. And listen, uh, this show reminded me of one of my favorite movies, which is Battle Royale.
0: I love it. That's
1: not an easy thing to pair, because... Battle Royale is amazing and honestly it's right on par with it like I think it's I just as good as Battle Royale. Um, this show made me laugh it made me cringe with anxiety and uh, from what I understand a second season is coming. Yeah. so I would say I you know I, I highly enjoyed squid game. doesn't matter you know I, I like how people sometimes pair things that are popular as not being good just because everybody likes it. this is very ah.
0: well done. It's very yeah, well done I agree just no denying it <clears throat> it's it's on my list it, it's it's an honorable mention it would be third on my list there for my go. favorite See? series of this year so I'm glad you mentioned it I was actually late with squid game I just watched it like a month ago like I was that's okay mad I was late, late on
1: it too dude yes yeah, I, I watched late. it like two months after it came out so yeah yeah
0: it's, Only you recently. Know,
1: I, I I would I would say most people probably watched it, but if you haven't, I mean it's it's way worth your time. Um, and great. then I would say watch I would say watch Battle Royale after that if you can, if you yeah. can find it somewhere.
0: Dude, Battle Royale is so. like one of my favorite movies of all time. It's like yeah, it's amazing. on the list of favorite films ever. So Yeah. I, I, totally I could agree. I could definitely see the comparison and kind of like it would make a good double feature watching like Battle Royale sure. and then watching the whole series cuz they kind of have similar Similar feels in, in that way. Um, but I am glad yeah, you it, mentioned that show because it, it was fucking great. I loved it. Um, again, similar to, similar to everything else, I, I wouldn't say it's perfect, but I did enjoy yeah. way more of it than things I didn't like, even, and not even nitpicking. Um, it was just very well made, very well written, very well produced. And season two, I'm really hoping. Can fucking it can be just as good as the first season, a good follow up because I don't know, man. <laughs> so I want to say something about that. Yeah. I read a really good interview. Mm. Um I, I don't I forgot,
1: I'd have to look for it with the director. And the director yeah, yeah. was like not even sure he wanted to do a second. Yeah, I season. heard about that. Yeah. And he was like, I have to see what you know, I have to see what people want, I have to take in and he <laughs> yeah. was saying he was very open to taking in people's like, you know, input. So yeah. that's an interesting thing, to take people's input. You know, just yeah. you know, just fans. And, and he's
0: got no, no clue. Where, yeah, where he's gonna take it, which is kind of wild. Like that's fucking right. crazy. But I I, I think yeah. Netflix is gonna throw him all kinds of money for a season two. Of course. Uh, like, and, and I'm sure <laughs> if he gets the money and the budget he wants, he'll probably make a fucking phenomenal season two. He'll get Squid, it. Squid Game to me seems like the type of show that they can outdo themselves with the second season if they go, yeah. like if they produce it the right, right way and do exactly. a good job with it, you know? And Netflix takes its time with its series. That's why we only have like four seasons of stranger things in like the past six years, because they take their time producing these series, which I can appreciate, you know? Yeah. What's and your uh, second favorite TV series?
1: There's another, another show that doesn't need an introduction. Is the Chucky series. <laughs> uh, Sci Fi's Chucky. Listen, I'm not even finished watching the season. I've only watched mm. the first few episodes of it. Okay. And I don't watch a lot of TV. I really don't. But this is another show that engaged me from the start. It's silly and fun. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's exactly what I want. So I'm glad it's streaming in full now on Peacock because I really can't wait to finish it. So. I don't really have much to go on because I'm not finished with the show, (laughs) but I've loved everything I've heard, uh, everything I've heard, everything I've watched from it. It's just really fun. I love that, um, is it Brad, is it Brad Doreef? I love that he's doing, I love that he's doing the, you know, the voice, the voiceovers of Chucky. Mm -hmm. And I like the high school aspect of it because (laughs) it's just like fun (laughs) to see, see all that. So yeah, Chucky, Chucky is, uh...
0: did you finish it? Ch- yeah, I did. Chucky's actually one of my picks too. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna Great. piggyback off of your pick Perfect. and say so I agree, dude.
1: Starch.
0: <laughs> Chucky is. I never would have thought a Chucky TV series would work. Same. Like, how the fuck do you stretch the character of Chucky for eight episodes, let alone a series? Like, how do you even like drag that on? And they somehow were able to make magic. You did it with it, and I love how. The series is tying into the films. I love that. I love how they're, and I I don't want to spoil too much because I know you haven't finished it, but I do, I love how they were able to keep up with the movie continuity, and that's fucking great. I agree with you. I love that they added teenagers. I thought that was a good touch. You know, teenagers are popular because of Stranger Mm -hmm. Things and shows like that, and even the new Ghostbusters that I just mentioned has kids as the main characters, but I thought they did like these kids were the most interesting part of the series and it got renewed for a season 2 so i'm like how much more batshit crazy Great. because dude <laughs> the first season ends fucking crazy i'm like how more how much more insane will the show get in season 2 so i i'm just looking forward to it i agree with you it was one of my fa- it was one of my favorite things to watch this year i couldn't wait to like on, i think it was wednesdays it was on Like, put it on. And and I I think I made sure to watch it for the moment. Maybe one episode I missed, didn't watch live. But I watched most of it when it was on live. And I fucking... I loved it, man. I thought it was a great, great TV series. And I did not expect... I did not expect for it to be that good, dude. Honestly, when I saw, like, the trailers, I was like, Oh, God, how shitty is this Chucky TV series going to be? And I was not disappointed. I was actually almost blown away by it. (laughs) Well,
1: here, quick take. When... Shows come out, for instance, like a Netflix series or yeah. a series that comes out once a week. Do you, would you rather watch an episode like once a week or would you rather binge? Personally,
0: I like watching the episode once a week. Yeah, so do I. I'm not a binge okay. watcher because I get fucking... Neither am I. I get tired. I can't sit there for 10 hours and watch something Neither just because... I. I don't have... It's not that I I don't have... I have the patience for it and I have. I can focus on it, but I get fucking like i have too much shit to I, do. i can't <laughs> I, I don't I have to, there's not enough time in my day to be able to sit there for nine hours and knock a show out yeah. i just can't do it. two and, it, and a half hours is my max for anything so not, not even for me fucking two hours is the max for me an hour and a half yeah. sometimes i got too much other shit to do i don't got time to sit there for nine hours so hey, i prefer hey. little by little i usually like and when a show i enjoy is bingeable like on netflix i you know um we'll have to like take several days to sit there and and listen to it. I mean, not listen, but watch it because it's just impossible for me. Especially like shows that have like hour long episodes, fuck out of here. I can't sit there for, for for 12 hours and watch a TV a TV series. But speaking like of binging, speaking of binging, cuz that reminds me of Netflix. My favorite 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 TV series or show this year was Midnight Mass, which was a Netflix exclusive. Um, directed by Mike Flanagan, which I'm a big fan of. I love his film I work. Watch it. Like Hush. And like, um, he directed, uh, what else did he direct? He directed uh, uh, um, Oculus, which was great. Mm-hmm. He directed um, a bunch of shit. I'm getting brain fart right now. He's directed a bunch of good shit. Doctor Sleep, which was my favorite film of, I think, 2019. Um, that was a great movie, great follow up to The Shining. He's a great director. I was a big fan of Haunting on Hill House. Uh I enjoyed the second season of Haunting on, on I think it was Haunting on Bly Manor. It was okay, not as good as the as the first season, but enjoyable nonetheless. He's a very talented director and filmmaker. Um but dude, Midnight Mass. All I'll say since you haven't watched it. Uh, yeah, I want to. It is one of the most original takes. I don't even want to say it if you don't know anything about it. It is the most original take on a otherwise okay. oversaturated genre of horror film. Like there's a lot of it. I don't want to ruin it. So that's why I'm staying quiet because when okay. you watch it, you don't know where it's going to go. And I can spoil it for you. And as a good as a good bud, I'm not going to do that. I want you to go into, into Midnight Mass blind. It's a but hell it's of a bud. Thank you, bud. It's, it's beautifully shot beautifully directed beautifully acted dude every single actor on this fucking show is phenomenal like okay it's fucking they're just so good and and you know it it is slowly paced it's not i'm not gonna say it's this action-packed thing but when you stick with it and how they wrap up the story i fucking i fucking loved it i thought i I just thought it was fucking it was great like i just thought it was such a well-made i almost want to watch it again because of how much I enjoyed it, it was just really good. And if you have not seen Midnight Mass, dude, fucking watch it. Like if you're listening to us, check it out. Because <laughs> like I said I want, I, it's, I'm definitely gonna check it out, dude. So 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 good. Yeah, such a well-made, like it's almost like a film, a series, and just, just well-made, well-story, well-told story. Just everything about it was fucking great. Uh, I do want to mention one honorable mention, and it's technically not not new for this year, but they had a new season, and that's what we do in the shadows. That show's the fucking best. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) That that show is the best. This season, did you finish it? Uh, I think I have a few episodes. I did not finish it. Okay, dude, this season, fucking phenomenal. I love how it ended. I can't wait for season four. I didn't want to include it because the show's on its third season, so it technically debuted a few years ago, but, dude. Such a good, it was probably my third favorite thing or fourth favorite. It's on the top five list of things that came out this year that I watched, and I watched very few things. The other thing I enjoyed was WandaVision. I think it's one of the best things. I'm not going into detail because we do have an episode that we talked about, their Halloween episode. Um, yep. But I won't go into great detail, but I thought WandaVision was one of the most creative things Marvel has ever done. Just it started my opi- off good. Just my, my opinion. opinion.
1: <laughs> I have my opinions on how it ended. I, I, I it know, you, off, I know okay. you didn't
0: like the ending. I loved all the film shit, like all the different eras. I loved the Agatha yeah. witch character. I thought she, she was fucking great. She was awesome. Yeah. So, like, there was a lot more to me to... There was a lot more to like than hate in the series. And that's... And, and, I, and I know what you didn't like. And, I, and towards the end, it became very superhero-esque. It was just like a, a typical superhero battle at the end and shit. But there was just a lot of stuff about it that was so original. It was almost like if Twin Peaks was in the Marvel Universe. You know what I mean? And that's what I really loved about it. Listen,
1: I got to give a little juice. And this is not a new show. Seinfeld. I've been watching Seinfeld all the time. It is so fucking good.
0: I love Seinfeld so much. I've been watching a lot of Married with Children myself, so... Hey, it's another great show. Go. It doesn't hurt to jump into an old series nope. and, and, and revisit no, it, it not. from time to time. Seinfeld and Married with Children are two classics. <laughs> they, they Absolutely. Will, they will outshine most series. <laughs> Lo and behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and they were afraid faith brothers and sisters i would not make you see what you have seen i would not ask you to choose what you may choose without first showing you god's messenger hello newman (laughs) so that was our best of 2021 episode be sure to follow us on instagram and twitter at haunted hangover And we'd like to thank all of our Patreon subscribers. And
1: we'd also like to wish you all a very happy new year. And
0: remember, the best cure for a hangover is more booze. Happy new year, guys. Bye.